Does this sound familiar? Do you think that they've been planning this for more than a couple days? What's next? Our great civilization has come upon a moment of reckoning. They already took your free speech. They already muzzled you. The wealthy got super wealthy. This is not about freedom or personal choice. Number one bullshit guy. He do the wee woo wee woo. And the average everyday American got used as a pawn in their sick little game. I'm telling you right now, you're a slave. You want to know what the biggest problem is in our country? You're an inconvenience to all of these people. Welcome to another episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. I am joined today by... I'm Ash. From Ash in America. And I am your other host, Joe Oltman. I'm the secondary. I'm the sidekick today. <laughs> okay. What? Um, I am. What are you talking about? All right. So first, can we say this? Did you see that I got another slanderous article about me? I did. It was your rise to power, I think, right? I have risen to power. It's risen. And somewhere along the way, the power was with me in the power of the power, in the rise of the power. Yeah. It is the stupidest thing I have ever seen, ever, ever, ever. Well, there's, they, they don't understand what success looks like, so. No. And yeah. number one bullshit guy. He does the wee woo, wee woo. I could just do it. Oh, myself. you see this guy? See this guy? Number one bullshit guy. He do the wee woo, wee woo because he have to go in front of the traffic. Look what I do. 22 and we do, we do, we do, we do. we got a packed show. We got a pack. We got, we have a packed show. We do. We do. So, um, I'm exhausted. You I are? Think, I Why? think in the past 10 days I've slept like two hours a night. Well, because you've been dealing with this stuff all the way since Saturday. Yeah. But well, the, yeah. So, so we have two guests that are coming on today back yeah. to back. One is Danielle Neuschwanger who ran for, is running for Colorado governor because she is not, she is not conceded yet. That's right. In the primaries. And you've got some information that you uncovered that, you know, we covered a little bit of it, but this is quite a bit of stuff. And then the second of which... Is Candace Taylor. Is Candace Taylor. Yeah. Candace. And you have Candace Taylor coming on. And we're going to talk about Candace Taylor's rise to power. And Candace, yeah. <laughs> Candace Taylor's rise to power in Georgia. <laughs> so the common theme, right, is that we're we've we've got these really kind of powerhouse female candidates. They're not bought and paid for. They're not owned by anybody. No. They speak their minds. Um, women that speak their minds can be so so triggering. Uh, and the the establishment in you know in in Georgia and in Colorado that we're we're going to talk about is uh, that's that's. That's what's ha- that's what's happening. We've got the the Republican uh, establishment is fighting back, and we saw it in a big way on Saturday. I know you were there. Uh, the rise to power is related to your your nomination for governor. <laughs> Come on, that was kind of fun. I loved it. I, lo- I anytime we can trigger the left and the right in the same moment is a good day for me. So, <laughs> dude, but I have to tell you, they lost their mind. Did, did you see her face when yeah. I came up? Yeah. Uh, uh, this yeah. is going to be really bad. Yeah, they, lo- they lost their mind, but then also, you know, your supporters lost their mind, too, because you said no. <laughs> yeah, I did. And, but I did get a standing ovation, which I thought was pretty yeah, awesome. Oh yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and, uh, and people still haven't stopped reaching out to it. Like, 
you've got to convince him. You've got yeah, to you convince can't. him. It's over. No. I mean, the primary's over. I got to <laughs> run as an independent. Then I'd really be splitting the ticket. Right. But my, here was my problem, right? So let me just tell you why I did it. And I think, you know, this guy told you this, but here was my fear. Number one, I would get no percentage of points, <laughs> which I, I knew was not going to happen because we. I think you would have won. I think you would have won. I think we would have won. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, the, that was the big fear is that as I walked around talking to people. Then you'd have to, people, to run for governor. <laughs> because I'd be the only one on the ticket. Yeah. And they were afraid that, Joe, you would take 60, 70% or more of the yeah. delegates. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, what are your choices? There, there's no petition on for the governor. Right. Right. And so then I would be running against polls, which would be amazing to debate him about just simple stuff. Like I would why, love to see you in Polis debate. I'm, I mean, th- that would that, be amazing. That to me would have been worth it. But the other part is, I would have to run a campaign. Then I have to do this show. Then I have to watch what I said. I then you'd win, and you'd have to govern then, the state. Then, yeah, then I'd win. Have to govern the state. <laughs> I mean, think about it. I, oh. Last week, I lost, I met with 130 Democrats. Yeah. Right, Le- lefties, and they were they started off snarling at me and. And by the end of it, Big Mama came up and gave me a hug and was like, ah, nobody's ever come to talk to us that way. What? Yeah. Nobody's coming? Well, there's this divide, right? This, this, you know, you're my enemy divide between left and right. It's yeah. a psyop. I've said it before. It doesn't exist. There's an establishment uniparty. They always protect themselves. Mm. Um, so we're going to bring on Danielle. Uh, in fact, let's, uh, do we, Mr. Producer, do we have Danielle? Let's go ahead and bring her on and we can go through some of this data um, with her on the phone. Hey, Danielle, how you doing? Good, how are you? Oh, I'm no, doing... you don't say hi to me? Come on now. <laughs> Joe, I have a hug for you. <laughs> Hugging you. Gotcha. Oh, so quite the weekend that we had um, here in Colorado. Kind of tell us, tell us your experience. So, you know, uh, ever since the governor's race ended on Saturday, my phone has not stopped blowing up, and it's about uh, delegates who feel disenfranchised by the GOP who cannot cast their name. And of course the GOP is spinning this whole other story. I'm, I'm being a sore loser and now apparently my husband tried to beat up KBB's dad. I, I mean, it's pretty ridiculous. It's just out of that control. That was his hired muscle. That was her hired muscle. Yeah. I mean, he was like standing out yeah. there stopping motions, stopping things from happening on the floor. They literally were violating all of the rules of the GOP by silencing the delegates that were coming up for point of order. No, we're not doing that. No, we're not going to do which is not the way it's supposed to work. Well, and the microphones, right? Oh, no microphones. So the microphones were really interesting to me because I was with a lot of – I stayed in like a frat house down there with 14 other people, all all delegates. I was there to cover it, but everybody else was – Delegates and they they were all setting up for campaigns. Many of them were your campaign staff setting up the signs and everything. And there were floor mics. There were floor mics down in front of the stage. And when they got there in the morning, the floor the floor mics were gone. So the you know on that we're going to talk a little bit about the radio show that Christy did uh, yesterday. Chairwoman Brown did yesterday, but. Um, you know, the, the the whining about this is a big tent. We're a party of a big tent and everybody everybody can come in, um, you know, but maybe now we have to change the rules and we need to give people even credentials to be able to approach the podium. Um, this is from the woman, the big tent woman who says, you know, you can come in the tent, you can sit down, just don't speak. We're going to take your mic away. That's exactly it. And if you think about everything that happened this weekend, there was more censorship from the GOP than we have seen from the Democratic 
Republicans. And the majority of it was based on election integrity and people's right to write to their voice to be heard. And so I think that her comments on Monday morning show with George Brockler disingenuous the, the, the GOP party because they, they just feel like she's censoring them. Yeah, I mean, so I had never heard of this Brockler guy before. I don't listen to, right. to regular Republican so, radio. So let me explain something to you about okay. him, right? And this is not me saying, hey, I stand up for my friend. But he truly is a really good guy that ran for He was, look, when he was under the 18th district, um, they had all of these death penalty cases, right? So, mm -hmm. and he, per, he prosecuted, he went after him, right? And he didn't care what the radical left said. He's like, whatever, do you stand over there? We're going to take care of business here, Right. And it forced Polis to have to commute sentences of people that were on death row for killing lots of people, right? And so I, I have to tell you, he's, he's normally done the right thing. He has been in a little bit of a vacuum. And 710KNUS got sued by uh, the, the Cuminator, right? You know, the one we did a show on yesterday. And so, so he's kind of in a catch-22. And he says, and he did say, I want to reach out to Joe for comment. And so I was texting him and I was like, look, I'll have you on the show and you tell me that you don't, I'm going to show you the evidence and you tell me that there's no election fraud and that those machines are safe. So we yeah. got him. He, George is going to come on. He's a good dude. They just right now, uh, you know, you know he, he doesn't have the data. Nobody has so said you that. Know him. To him. Yeah. You, you, you know him. He's, yeah. he's your buddy. I don't know. He's not, wait, it's not. Buddy. I don't know Hold him on. and I'm not a Republican, but I can tell you that listening to that show was one of the most tone deaf things that I've ever heard in my life. Uh, at first, I was accidentally listening to the um, the third hour where he was making Joseph jokes about bathhouses and how he doesn't understand why it's wrong to be a country club Republican. And when people call him establishment, he doesn't quite understand what they mean. But listening to him... Call him establishment? He says when people call him establishment, mm -hmm. it's just because they disagree with his point of view. Not, not there's, there's nothing there. So I reached well, out to him. And since you, know him, since you know him, yeah. I want to go on his show. I want to have a conversation with him about what's happening with the Republican Party because I've got a pretty strong perspective on that. Well, I think the Republican Party is trash. Yeah. And the Colorado GOP is trash. Now, the El Paso County GOP run by Vicki Tonkins, right? Strong, strong Republican conservative woman who stands up for what's right, regardless of what they do to her, mm -hmm. right? You, you know, Anil, who ran the Republican Party mm -hmm. in uh, uh, Brighton, in the Adams County area, he was amazing, right? Both of them got shuttered by the GOP right. establishment. They're also both minorities. I'm not saying that they're racist over there at these little parts of Colorado, but it sure feels like it. Yeah, I mean, it, it, they're <laughs> picking winners and losers, and I think that's, that. to, to me, we, and we could talk about talk about the clickers but that's that's kind of what we saw and what i found so deeply offensive for you i was offended on your behalf was in that radio show when they said you know kbb ended it with you know your husband tried to to beat up her father um and there's video of that uh exchange a partial video of that exchange which i put in my article today but the way that you and your campaign were painted at the end of that radio show I, I said in my article it's like you drink a fifth of whiskey and went all springer on the stage right i mean you guys walked up there and you had a very respectful conversation the only you know i don't want to say assault but you know physical encounter that i uh, witnessed was you you know it looked like to me like you were trying to grab the microphone you explained to me that you were trying to cover 
the microphone, but she smacked your hand away. That was the only physical encounter I see. So, you know, the whole world has heard, well, whoever listens to George Broccoli's show, but, um, you know, they've, they've all seen what Christy Burton Brown has to say about this. What, what, what's your side of that story? So, I mean, it, it's exactly that is it's, it's just trash is what it is. And I think it's a fabrication in order to narrative of I'm a sore loser and I was just kind of acting out. And, you know, unfortunately, I'm just this radical person smearing me for weeks before the campaign. Um, but, yeah, essentially, I go up on stage at the request of county chairs to get her attention because they would not give these county chairs a point of privilege to ask her to just slow down so they could address their concerns. And I went up there and I said, you know, Chrissy, there's there's some concerns I need to bring to your attention. And she immediately said, you know, get off the stage. You can't be up here. So I went to go cover the microphone so I could say, you know, we need to have this conversation. And of course, you know, she away. And I looked at her and I said, who can I talk to up here that will listen to these concerns? And she pointed me over to her dad. And so I went over there and he said, go down off the stage. We'll give you a microphone. We'll address the point of privilege. And so everyone was down there waiting for about 30 minutes. And then she quickly adjourns the meeting. And there's county chairs down there. There's delegates down there. And they were not able to vote on even the final resolution. And so they're, they're trying to address her concerns. And she blatantly kind of talks over them in this condescending, like, snotty tone. And she's just being very rude. She keeps interrupting them. And they can't get their point across. So finally, I interrupt her. And you can see in this video, she doesn't even let me finish a single sentence. Her and Joe Jackson just came like rapid fire start interrupting me and they're basically saying you know we're not going to even if this election is challenged to change the results of what happened here today which i mean i don't know how you could be so confident when there's so many concerns being brought to you and so it was just kind of a crazy thing that they they did and um yeah i guess i'm the jerry springer candidate now <laughs> well um you know i think i think you pissed off all the right people danielle in my opinion <laughs> Um, so I want to talk. So the clickers were kind of the substance, well, part of this part. Was, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. So this was never about winning or losing, right? Like I said, my loyalty was never to the party. It's to the people. And when the people came to me and said that their grievances and concerns were not being addressed by the county party chair, I stood for those people. Even when county party chairs came up to me from other counties and they said, don't go do this, you know, don't go stand up to her, don't, you know, be the voice of them because you're going to smear yourself and you'll never be able to run for politics again. And I said, well, good thing my whole platform is I don't want to be a career politician. I'm fighting for the people and the people have asked me to fight. Here I am. And so it was never about what she's saying it's about. It's always been about fighting for voter election integrity. That's right. Well, so that, that leads me down the path where, you know, you, you, voice your concerns to me. I've, I did push those concerns up to several groups, several. And they started digging into it. But then I had delegates start calling me saying, did you see the information that they launched on the Colorado GOP website? They're admitting that the clickers voted twice, duplicates voted twice. They're admitting, I mean, by, the, by their own data. Mm-hmm. And I think this is the information you were able mm-hmm. to collect just on the governor's log. So I, well, I have it. I have it for for most of the statewide races that were that were all of the statewide races that were voted on on Saturday. So, Data Jeff from U.S. Election Integrity Plan and Cause of America looked into the vo- the audit log. So first of all, there are people out there that are reporting that there were more votes than voters, um, that there were over five thousand votes cast, and there was only thirty seven seventy two. Uh, Data Jeff tells me this is a misinterpretation of the logs, and yeah. and it's showing it's talking about total number of clicks on that device, not 
you know, the, the actual votes cast. So it's critically important for us to get that right because there's plenty for us to look at without, you know, making up claims that aren't there. So what the logs do show from a governor's standpoint, three clickers had invalid, ca invalid candidate uh, votes, candidate 22, candidate 55, and one showed candidate question mark, bracket, question mark, question mark. Um, two keypads had null votes recorded. Uh, the, the way that the system was told, th that they were, delegates were told the system works, there shouldn't be a vote. If it was, n if no vote recorded, it should, there shouldn't be a record. It, you shouldn't have a null vote, but they did. There were clickers with very high rates of voting. So clickers that sent votes of north, north of 12 times in a single race. So for governor, you know, click, several clickers had 12 votes recorded for that governor race. And those clickers, the, those specific um, log files showed uh, candidate switching. It wasn't that, you know, they were just really, you know, super happy to push the button um, for that candidate. It was switching. So really a whole bunch of really indecisive people that couldn't make their minds up. So they were they were voting 12 times. Um, did, did they assign clickers to individuals? No. So they did not even assign a clicker to individuals. So they can't go back and actually audit it. So this was inconsistent in, in my reporting um, from yesterday. We talk about this, that that it depends on the county. It depended on what county you were in, whether or not some of them had uh, the the delegates sign out the clickers. I don't believe they still recorded the number of the clickers, so it's still not identifiable. And this is, of course, for anonymous voting purposes, but there was no control at all. And as I reported yesterday, there were clickers all around. There were people walking around with handfuls of them, um, you know, left here and there all around. So in the, AG in the AG race, we saw similar things. We saw invalid candidate votes. We saw null, vote, null um, votes recorded. Um, we saw, uh, addition, again, it, so in Governor AG and Secretary of State, we saw that phenomenon where you have the clickers sending more than 12 votes for a single candidate and they're switching which candidates. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm thinking of the data that we saw for 2020, right? Where you've got, you know, you've got, you've got, you've got returning to a set point. We'll just I'm, say that. Hey, who again is the attorney for the Colorado Republican Party? Oh, that's right. The same attorney that is, that actually represents Dominion Voting Systems. Brownstone, Hyatt, Farber, and Shrek. And that, the links to both the the law, the law firm and their uh, registration as Dominion registered lobbyist is in my article from yesterday. So these issues that we're talking about, these are just what's in the data, right? right. So this is just what came up from how the votes were actually recorded in the system. And, um, you know, I, I know you mentioned delegates have been calling you. I see your voicemail box is full. Danielle, I know I, you know, I tried to leave you a message and I couldn't get through. I'm sure your, your phone's ringing off the hook. My phone's ringing off the hook. I've got people coming at me in every app <laughs> and, ch and chat in every single one, giving me their experiences and videos and, and, and other data. There was a lot of anomalies all day with these clickers. It started with them doing the training on the clickers before all of the people even had them. Um, it was like they wanted it to be confusion. They wanted it to be confusion? I, I think that they wanted to have confusion in the process, yeah. Well, and... Or they're terribly incompetent, right? I mean, so they could... It, it could be that they're just really, really bad at their jobs. You know, one more data point that's important is I had a, a source reach out to me, someone I didn't know, not a Republican, wasn't there. But when they saw my article, they, they work with reply systems as a part of their job. 
And they were shocked and horrified that this was used as a voting system. It's not a voting system. It's an audience response tool. These, these tools are meant for shareholder meetings. They're meant for mass scale um, polling activities. You can wait the, vote, the votes depending on the devices that are being handed out. Um, so, you know, we, we were told by Christy Burton Brown repeatedly um, in the days leading up to the assembly, in, and I say we because everybody sends me all of the communications from the Republican campaigns uh, and from the, Repu from the RNC, the delegates were told that this is a safe and secure system. They were told that this was looked at and evaluated. And um, no, it, it appears from, from what I've been able to gather that nothing could be further, than the tr further from the truth. Danielle, yeah, how do you feel about all I agree, and I'm hearing the this? same thing. Sorry. You know, I, I'm, I'm, of the, I'm of the perspective that my voice is for the people. And so I've had many delegates reach out. They feel, like I said, disenfranchised. They don't trust the GOP. They don't trust that we have election integrity in our party. And really, the majority of them had said, you know, we wanted paper ballots on Saturday, and we feel like this entire election should be done over. I mean, they don't want to have the results. They don't feel like the candidates came out of them were representative of who was there. And so they just, they're done with the GOP. I mean, a lot of them said that they're switching their voter, for, voter affiliation. I mean, look, it's not even, the, the problem with that is that it doesn't allow us the opportunity to take it over and get rid of KGB, right? And I'm, I'm mm -hmm. the first one to tell you that KGB's got to go. Mm -hmm. I mean, KGB is exactly that, KGB. You know, she's, she, she got on that radio show and she called candidates and their supporters Judas's. Mm -hmm. in, in Holy Week. This piece of in trash. In Easter Week. She's garbage. But you know who else is garbage? Her, her dad is garbage. And, I, and, and look, you can say whatever you want. I'm, I'm going to tell, tell you right now. I'm gonna, as, as, as we're sitting here right now, that guy has zero ethics. And we already know that Christy Burton Brown ran FEC United and then lied and said, oh, I was a consultant. She lied. She's a liar. It's that simple. Pretty easy. She also lied about paper ballots. She stood on the stage and told people that there were no paper ballots. Now, you can make an argument that they're not going to quick make a decision about paper ballots in the moment, and I think I would probably agree with that, but that wasn't what was happening. She'd been briefed on the paper ballot plan multiple times. She knew that they were in the building. She knew the drop boxes were in the building. She knew, and she lied, and she said, we don't have it. We and, can't do it. And she didn't give people the opportunity to vote. So her, her, her dad was a muscle. I, sorry, Danielle, I'm going to let you get into this in a minute. But her, and I thought they were cute, but her daughter did the um, singing the national anthem. Her son did the, the pledge. pledge. Her mother, I don't know what her mother did. Uh, her dad was the muscle on the thing that stopped motions from happening or point of order from being from being heard because that's what you're supposed to do. If you have point of order, everyone should be heard, right? Mm -hmm. That's why you become a delegate. And it was basically the Burton Brown show. Yeah. And they disenfranchised and then chose the person to do the prayer, Steve Holt, to do the prayer or the invocation at the front, who is the person that stood against Mickey Tonkins and created this. This is a part of the establishment with Wayne Williams. And what did he say at the beginning? We're not going to use the word rhino. We're not yes, going to say are. Radical. radical. We all need unity. Rhino. We need unity. We need yep. unity. We need unity. We need unity, Judas. All right. We, we have to quickly do an ad read, so if I can. This podcast is brought to you by Air Medcare Network. Um, if you travel a lot, if you are in the mountains a lot, if you like to uh, 
you know, just go to places that are hard to reach or maybe you are into extreme sports or do things like that, you know, the, the cost of an air medical flight are not always covered. And uh, you have high deductibles, if, if anything. And so with Air Medicare Network, you can literally cover 100% of an air medical flight. God forbid it ever happened to you. Um, so this is how it works. You, um, you go to airmedcarenetwork.com slash daily and use promo code daily and you can get up to a $50 gift card. I told you that I've been a member of Air Medicare Network now for the last year and a half. They've been a long-term sponsor and it really is a great program. And, uh, you know, I, I, it, it's fire insurance. You hope you never use it, but it's great if you have it. I also got a chance to meet the CEO of that organization. A very, 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 very good man. And for those of you that don't know, Air Medicare Network's also the one that, that um, I forget his name, but he had to be air medically transported and uh, did it for free. So if you're on the Patriot Network, you would have remembered that. It was a couple of weeks ago. So go there and sign up. Okay. So what's, what's next, Danielle? What's, mm -hmm. uh, what, what's going on with the campaign? What, what can you tell people about what to expect? So I know a lot of people are asking if I'm going to fill out the paperwork to be a write-in or if I'm going to petition on or if I'm going to sue the state party or just take them to court to be allowed to get onto the ballot. And honestly, I don't know. I mean, we're still working through the audit and I'm a very factual We lost you. Irregularities that are already coming. You know, the, the number one thing that I am 100% positive of is I am not conceding and I am not dropping out. So I am still a candidate for governor and I'm going to fight for the people because that is what they've asked me to do. I love it. <laughs> do, do we have, uh, Mr. Producer, do we have Candace? I'd like to bring, uh, bring Candace Taylor in here for just a minute if we can. Yeah, let's, let's bring Candace in. I don't know if you ladies have met, um, but you're both incredible, strong, powerhouse women running for governor in your respective states and you're both taking on the the good old boys and and psychopathic girls club if we're talking about colorado <laughs> welcome candace to the show oh you're oh, muted you're muted mu we get some volume please mr producer i did it i muted myself so there I you go y'all i'm sorry <laughs> all right so do you think stacy abrams qualifies in that psychopath oh a hundred percent a hundred percent yeah. yeah, and you're so, in the belly yeah, of the we, beast. We, yeah, we have a mess down here in, in Georgia for sure. But it's so nice <laughs> to meet you. I've heard wonderful things about you in Colorado. Oh, that's great. That's great. So I'm 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 interested. Well, thank you in so the, much. And likewise, yeah. I'm I'm interested in the uh, in the similarities between what you guys are experiencing. Um, you know, there's there's a bit of a disenfranchisement happening here in terms of. We've been, from an election integrity standpoint, fighting the Republican Party for 15, 16 months at this point. And in the municipal election, everything changed. It was the, the election happened, and then boom, it was an election year. And the Republicans all of a sudden cared about election integrity. And, uh, you know, and, and so what we see is people like both of you, and this goes down to other, other roles, but I think the governor, the, you know, it, it's, it's really kind of showing showing us where their heads are at, you know, no, kind of know, know your enemy better than you know yourself, right? Um, where their heads are at. You both have been in the fight with the people. You, you're running for governor because the people demanded it, right? And, uh, and now that it's the election season, we are, um, 
you know, we're, we're seeing the establishment fight back. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm interested, Daniel, I'll let you, I'll let you go first. Uh, what, you know, I don't know if you followed Candace's story um, at all, but what, you know, kind of, what are your, what are your thoughts? Is this, you know, are, are we looking at RNC here? You know, I think that we could probably both agree that we are up against a swamp and neither one of us has the backbone to back down. I mean, from what I've seen, you're an incredibly strong woman. I, you're fearless. I'm fearless. I think that they're afraid. And I think that right now they're doing everything they can to stop us. But here's the thing about both of us is we aren't afraid. We are courageous. We are fearless. And this is our time to fight. So we're going to fight. You're exactly right, Danielle. And I'll say I have this new strategy today. I think it's from the Lord and maybe it'll help you, but they're keeping me out of polls. And so what they do is they don't include me in polling and then <laughs> they report the polling to Fox and different organizations and then I'm not in the polls. So then I can't participate in the debates, but then they do their inner polling and they know that I'm polling higher than David Perdue and I'm almost as high as Kemp and I'm going to force a runoff and they know these things, but they don't report that to the media. So what I've decided today is that I'm going to tell all of my supporters not to respond to polling anymore. No more. They're not going to get to know my percentage. We're not going to participate because this is the way I see it. If they are building an algorithm in these machines and they are looking at polling to help predict the actual polling that we're going to do on May 24th, then why would I help them with my voters? Why am I trying to buy for a seat at their polling? I don't need to do that. I'm going to do the opposite of what they want me to do. They want me to want to be in their polling. So I'm going to tell them, no, thank you. I'm not going to pay to play and I'm not going to force the issue about polling. We're just not going to participate. So, so I have to, I have to tell you this, Candace. I've, Great I've followed, I love it. I've, I've followed you from a distance and I have to, and, and I've had Danielle at some of the events we've had for FEC. And I know specifically that the machines are rigged and you guys literally had all of the evidence, all of the evidence that you're working against a rigged system. I would, by the way, was the first one to get sued by Dominion's house. I'm number one. Bless you. Uh, but, uh, but what you're talking about is PID function. It's basically fixed point outcome, right? And so they have to figure out how they can stay consistent with what's happening in the public perception of what the polls are stating. And w what's scary about that is that by keeping you out of the polls, then people don't know what to expect. But then you have these interpolls that are done that people get access to, and it shows that you are at the top of the ticket, that you are the, the number one choice in Georgia, and they can't do anything to stop it. So, and, and, and frankly, you, you have rhinos inside of Georgia. I, matter of fact, I haven't talked to anybody in Georgia that has not been completely disenfranchised with all the leadership there because they talk out of both sides of their mouth and they talk about what the people in Georgia need and they don't ever address it. And one thing about your campaign is that you're addressing it and it's, it's resonating with the people because they've never, heard any, they've never heard a politician talk that way. And Joe, the other thing is that they're manipulating us, right? It's propaganda. So if they can say, well, Candace Taylor's not polling high. In fact, this last poll they did, they put me at like 2%. And this lady who just got in in December with zero money, she's in her 70s, she's a nice lady, but she's not campaigned at all, barely at all, not, not all over the state like I've done. And they put her at 4% or 6% above me. It's yeah. a joke. They're trying to brainwash the narrative. They're and we liars. have this huge, yeah, they're liars. We have this huge grass movement 
going that they can't stop. And it's the same thing that Danielle's doing too. I know I've heard about it in Colorado and what she's doing with grassroots. The people have had enough. You woke a sleeping bear. We're awake. They can be woke how they want to be because they don't use correct grammar. We're awake and we are going to take these seats back. Danielle, I know you've got to run. What do you, what you give you a last word here before we uh, let you go? I would just tell the people of Colorado that I'm not done and you ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing yet. And I know that, that she is actually serious about that. That's the part you need to understand. She's, she's, she's not going to sleep. No sleep, Danielle. Danielle, thanks for coming. Danielle, I hope you win. Thanks so much, Danielle. So, so Candace, we, we have lots of questions. So, so I, many questions. I know that um, you're supported by pretty much everyone out there. I've supported you, and I didn't even talk to you. I, I was talking to Lynn Wood, and I'm like, yeah, so, Lynn, who, who's, who's going to win governor in Georgia? He's like, Candace Taylor. Yeah. I was like, all right, well, let's go. And the more and more people I talk about, you're their choice. So, so how, do you, how do you fight an uphill battle against the machine, and w what are you prepared to do? Like, what, what, what are you seeing? Well, we're trying to be strategic and fighting the fraud, because that's what we're still doing. We're still fighting fraud. We've been fighting it for 15 months, and I've been actually working on the ground. I served Governor Kent myself an, an affidavit demanding an audit, and people know that. I think that's what got Mike Lindell's attention, is that he saw me actually doing notices and pushing back and flying to Arizona, flying to South Dakota, and doing the work, because I want to fix Georgia. I want fair legal voting in Georgia. And because, you know, they did get rid of the of the mass mailing out of absentee ballots. They have to be requested now. I feel more secure with that, but I feel like they're going to just cheat in the machines themselves more because they're going to build an algorithm. They're going to do whatever they have to do. And so some people are spinning this narrative of let's vote early. Let's start on May 2nd, which is the first day of voting, and the, the actual election is May 24th. And I'm like, no way. You vote as close to the day of voting as possible. You don't give them time to build this algorithm and, and do all this manipulation. You don't turn in your absentee ballot early. You hand walk it in and deliver it the day of the election to the Board of Elections office. You just don't give them time to cheat. So I, love so I think that that... No, yeah, I, I love this because you're not just talking. We're, we're talking about solutions and we're talking about behavioral solutions, right? We all have so much power in how we vote. You have power in whether you respond to a poll, right? So what you were saying about, you know, I'm going to tell my supporters not to respond to polls. That's powerful. It's powerful for us to go and vote in person. We know from Florida um, from Draza's analysis of what happened in Florida that turnout breaks the algorithm, right? So, you know, when we were at the Capitol last uh, Tuesday, Mike was getting a question from a reporter who's mobbed, right, and getting questions from reporters, and they said, don't you think that your uh, rhetoric is, you know, going to convince people not to vote? Look, if that's you, you need to wake up, right? You, you're going to vote. You're going to go vote, but you're going to vote in person on Election Day. You're going to this in, in Colorado. We still have the mass mailing of ballots. So you're going to keep your mail in ballot in the car. Right. You're going to go in to vote. They're going to check your ID. You're going to vote. If they say, oh, I'm sorry, you already voted, which happens, happened all over the country. If they say that, that's when you pull your phone out, you turn your camera on. You also call the police and you file a report, because if you have your absentee ballot, you have your mail in ballot and you're showing up to vote. There's no fathomable universe in which you've already voted. Right. So we're going to catch them. And that's behavioral change. That's the empower, you know, empowering all of us to do what we can. Right. They can't they can't stop us until they take away all of our precincts and make us all vote on our mobile phones, which is coming. L listen, they're going to they're take I'm going to tell you that here, here's the problem. 
is that even if we do win at the midterm, we're still talking about a vast majority of rhinos and a vast majority of really bad people on the Republican side. See, the Democrats we can see coming, mm -hmm. but the Republicans you can't see coming because they're liars. And so it, it really is. And um, by the way, Candace, I was nominated from the floor in Colorado for governor in Colorado. And so I got to get up on stage and I declined the nomination for because I I would have I would have won it for sure. Because then he'd have to run for governor and then he'd have governor. to govern the state. And then I have to govern the state and well, have to I, give up this. And then I have to watch out what I say. I don't want to watch what I say. That's okay. That would have been great. Yeah. So but uh, but Danielle, Danielle's been, you know, doing this for a year. You know, so is Heidi Gadal. So oh, is yeah. Greg yeah. Lopez. You know, there's been a lot of work. You just walk in and all of a sudden you take away. Well, and we don't want a whim governor, right? We don't want a governor who's going to decide to run for governor on a whim and do it because it's a popular thing to do in the moment. We want somebody who actually wants to govern. Yeah. We want somebody who wants the job for the right reasons and is going to do it for the right reasons and do the right thing in the job. I like being behind the scenes. But, yeah. but, but the thing that, I'm, that we're up against, and you're up against it, because everywhere you turn in the Georgia Republican Party, it is solid swampland. It is solid swampland. It is like being in a Atlanta's in a worse. I think Atlanta's worse than DC. I'm serious. Yeah. You know what's funny is every state so I talked to all the states, right? I had a call last night with our state leads from all fifty states for um, for Cause of America. Every state thinks they're the most corrupt. Every single state thinks they're the most corrupt. You know what that means? We got a real big problem with corruption. We do. Right. Candace, what's your platform? I mean, I know you're you're pro life. That's the Jesus biggest thing. Jesus guns and babies. Yeah, but what's your platform? Business, guns, and babies. It made me trend on Twitter. Morality over money. And I talked about the separation of church and state last weekend, and that went viral on Twitter, too. And I've had death threats, and I have all these crazy people coming after me. I said that we're not going to have furries in public school in Georgia. We're going to teach academics and not fairy tales. Then all these furries came at me, and I didn't know it's this whole thing with bestiality and it's yes. evil and it's perversion and i'm like oh my gosh where do these people come from but it has been you know i was telling lynn wood today i was on the phone with him and i said you know what's crazy is i'm attacked so much you know they're not attacking kent or purdue like this you look at my feed on any of my social media and it is like blasting me from all the liberals so i must be doing something right right because i'm i'm speaking the opposite of what they want yeah, and you know, the so I, I spoke to a number of leftist reporters this week because of the reporting that I did in um, in at the assembly this weekend. And, and uh, I mentioned to one of them that I was having you on the show and, and he said, Isn't isn't she doesn't she want a white Christian theocracy? I'm like, I don't even know what that is. But I figured I'd, I'd pose it to you and let you answer it. You know, I don't even know what a theocracy is. I have a PhD in counseling, so I'm a doctor of philosophy. Is that does that count? No, I believe in Jesus. I believe that he died for our sin and that he rose from the dead and he's a live whole man in heaven and he's my savior. That's what I believe and that's my first amendment right to believe that and I'm going to say his name. I'm not just going to say God and pacify everybody. I'm going to say Jesus Amen. and I'm going to say guns because that's our second amendment right and I have the right to protect myself from a tyrannical government 
and for my safety and my children's safety. And I'm going to say babies because I'm going to shut down every abortion clinic in Georgia. It's the genocide of our times. We're killing babies like we're eating popcorn. It's ridiculous. It's sick and it's demonic. And I don't care if they like it because Amen. we have a First Amendment right. They can worship whoever they want. I'm not going to tell them who to worship. I'm not going to shove Jesus on anybody. But I'm going to tell you who I am. And you know where you stand with me. You know that I'm going to tell you the truth. And that stands for something. But our Constitution was founded on Almighty God. And I did an hour teaching last night on this on a live. And it went viral again. And I have all the leftists coming at me. But I showed them in the preamble of the Georgia Constitution, in the United States Constitution, in the maxims of law, that God Almighty is why we have a country. Hmm. I, I mean, and how do they argue with that? I'm just curious. So they, they just say, they try to throw like, Spaghetti noodles at you or something? <laughs> I mean, well, they're, they're just so ridiculous. It's thing. Yeah. Well, their yeah, battle, the, but their thing. battle is with God, right? I mean, the, these we ha, we're living in a society that has fundamentally put the state in the role of God. They want government to to be the the answer and the problem. One of the big problems with that is when you put government in the place of God, whoever controls the government becomes God, and that's not we're we're now at a place where we have triple com, communist majority and. The federal government, we have it here in Colorado as well, and it's 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 a horribly oppressive environment. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't want the government to have that much power. Uh, you know, you you and I had a, a deep conversation um, a couple of months ago, Candace, about you know cannabis and abortion and all these different things. And we the honest conversation is, you know, what's the what's the role of government and what. Who are these? Who are these? These righteous people that we should yield all of our liberty to because they're uncorrupted, right? Those those people don't exist. We have to get the government back into its rightful place, and that means you know the people the people being back in charge. And that when when I heard white Christian theocracy, I was like, I'm pretty sure Candace's platform is freedom, right? Like let's yeah, let's shrink this government, yeah. About the white. That that bothers me probably worse than everything else. And they know it. They're trying to do a trigger. I fought for children of every race my entire career. Sexually abused children, domestic violence, uh, physically abused children, children with special needs. I, I've, I've dealt with these children for 19 years. Homeless. It doesn't matter what color they are. I love them all. And I'm fighting for abortion to be eradicated because yeah. in Georgia, 70% of babies that are aborted are black babies. Do you understand that in New York City they abort more black babies than, are, than black babies are born? Yeah. We have an issue in our country where the Democrat Party has pushed an agenda and they're killing the black race. If mm. I was against black people, would I try to stop abortion? This is the most idiotic thing they can say. It is divisive. It is evil. And I will not put up with it. It's a lie. Yeah, and you said demonic before, and it is absolutely demonic because not only do they kill more baby, more black babies than are born, they celebrate that. They light up the buildings in pink, and that lighting up the buildings in pink was because it gave them the ability to kill a baby after it was born or while it was crowning, which is just, I mean, why? At that point, that baby's coming out the way it's coming out. Your body's ruined. It's not about that. It's just about murder at that point, and it's demonic. That's demonic. So we had a Joe. What you think, Joe? Joe, you think we out there? No, I I don't at all. I think that we are we're fighting a spiritual battle for sure. 
right? And I believe courage is more infectious than fear. Mm -hmm. And I also believe that the authenticity is what connects you with people. And so it, it, it is, you know, I've, I've watched many of your speeches. I've watched many of the things that you put up. Um, you know, you put up something on Facebook four hours ago, which I was, I was laughing about, not because it was funny, but because it, I, I could see that the left would lose their mind um, over it. But it said that a mule is sterile. Sterile means not able to produce. <laughs> These election mules were not able to produce. We, we all see and we all know the fraud. I pray they all squeal like a pig. It's just, it's one of those things you can say where they could try to take something from it. Like, oh, I got to find a way around so I can say that you're saying something that you're not saying. That's the point of a being able to attack the devil and attack mm -hmm. evil. And we have to come through the front door. People, people always say this about me. They're like, yeah, Joe, you always want to go to violence. I said, no, I don't. I absolutely don't. You're just afraid of me. You're afraid of me because if you come at me, I'm going to react and I'm going to do what I, what I have to do in order to protect my family and to protect myself. Because that's what our Constitution says. Mm -hmm. And so, so we, you know, the things that you've said, you've stood with courage. You have not wavered. And so as a result, people are gathering around you. And I'm not talking about just Republicans. You are having independents that are flocking to you. You have Democrats. And one of the things that I saw about your schedule is that you're visiting everyone. You're not like, hey, listen, if you're a Republican, you're the only ones I want to talk to. No, you're, you're like, listen, come on out. Let's talk. And I think that by itself right, is very you, powerful. Because most people are in the middle. Most people care when someone's hurt. They want, you know, they want to be compassionate. In Georgia, we pull over if you have a funeral procession. We, we take meals to your house when someone dies. Like we do the things that Southern hospitality, we care about each other. And so the people of Georgia, they are not buying into this transgender push into our school systems and taking the innocence from our children. We live in the Bible Belt. And it's not resonating with people. They're selling this 1% ideology. And we're going to go back to morality over money. We're going to elect people to do that. We've had enough. And it only shows the weakness of Purdue and Kent both, that they refuse to debate a woman, that they're forcing out by saying, I'm not polling. It shows their weakness. And then I call on Stacey Abrams to debate me because I'm like, you know what? It's going to be between me and her anyway. Let's just go straight there. And she has enough respect to message back to write a letter back and say, you know, I commend Candace for being willing to debate me because Brian Kemp didn't even show up in 2018 for the second debate after I beat him. And she said, and I look forward to debating whoever wins the primary, but the Republican women in Georgia and all of Georgia are owed an explanation of why these men don't think they have to debate Candace Taylor. And you know, do I agree with anything Stacey stands for? No, zero. But it is a fact that the people of Georgia should get a choice and get to hear from everybody. And they don't want to, they don't want to hear my mouth. They want to silence my mouth because they want to silence the people of Georgia's mouth. And, and they've done a good job of it. And frankly, here's my fear. So goes Georgia, so goes the nation. And there is a kindling burning. When, when President Trump goes around the country and talks about a kindling burning and a fire that's going to erupt, that is going to cause serious damage and civil war, he's talking about Georgia. Because I have talked to many people in Georgia that are like, we're done. We're done. We're, we're, th these people don't represent any of our interests. And I'm, I'm, I fear for that. And it's not just Republicans. Again, this is, this is people that are Republicans and Democrats. One thing about your state is that people are starting to create cohesion. They're starting to collaborate on both sides of the aisle, recognize that the aisle does not define them anymore, that we've been left behind as people. 
You're right, Joe. And the other thing is the people of Georgia are so passionate about not having these elections anymore the way they are. It is all over. It is even Democrats. They are so sick of it. They don't trust anybody. Their trust has been totally trampled on. And the people of Georgia are passionate. They are passionate. And we are the gateway state. We are severely important right now because there goes Georgia. There goes the country. And that Chuck Schumer said that, who I do not agree with at all. But he's right. They tell you what they're going to do. They always do. When Bill Gates said population control, believe him. They tell you what they're going to do every single time. And so we know if they can take Georgia, they can take the nation. And we have to dig our heels in and say no more. That's why I'm sacrificing time with my family. That's why I'm taking two months off work, not paid, and losing $28,000. I'm doing that because we deserve better in Georgia. I don't want to be in a communist nation. We would not be the leading communist nation. Okay, China is king in communism. We would be under China. We would be destroyed. And the people do not get that. Spoiled brat entitlement of people that were born here in this country that have never spent one day fighting for freedom. They don't even understand the Constitution. They're fussing at me saying that God's not part of the Constitution because they're ignorant. These people do not care about our freedom because they don't know what it's like not to be free. Mm. Well, you know, what you just said is really important because these are first generation people. They've never lost their grandfathers or fathers or great grandfathers. There, there was no, there's no tie to this nation of sacrifice, right? And so they say that the Constitution, I talk about the, the, the CEO of, um, of Twitter. He goes, we, we don't need to worry about the First Amendment. Well, that guy's not even an American citizen. Right? The CEO of Twitter is not even an American citizen. And we're having conversations wow. about the fact that he's going to tell us we don't need the First Amendment. That guy can go, you know, get, get on, go back. Just go back. Go back to India, to the south part of India, and you can be your cast over there. But here, we have a constitution that rules our nation. But they're trying to make people forget about it. They're literally trying to whitewash and gaslight the Constitution of the United States. And, and I frankly but believe... But he said, we don't need First Amendment, but yet he wants to live in our country because <laughs> he's here. Right. Well, go back there. Do you understand? Go, go, go make it a giggle or go make it a, a Twitter instead of Twitter, right? Do, do something over there. I mean, you guys, they mimic everything anyway we do here. So go build that over there. Don't come here and influence our culture. And I think that's the problem that we have as a nation is they want to say that we're intolerant. We're not intolerant. We have a soul. We, and it's forged in this country with blood. Yeah, I mean, How I think we've been, How we've, much we've been tolerant enough. Um, the, reason, the reason that the American people are so fired up, the reason that we're not sleeping anymore, right? Because we were sleeping for a long time, and that's why we got to this point. We got to the point where we're teetering on the edge of, of co- a communist takeover. And um, that happened because... We were asleep, but we got there because of tolerance. We got there because of political correctness. We got there because of, you know, I don't want to hurt somebody's feelings or I don't want to be called racist. And so, you know, I'm just going to go, I'm just going to go be quiet. And now we've got, you know, you you mentioned furries. Furries is one of the reasons I pulled my son out of school. I'm not it's kidding. like a real thing. It's a real thing. <sighs> it's a real oh, thing. They're grooming these kids to have tails and all this kind of stuff. And I mentioned it to one of my gay colleagues who was horrified by it that they're doing that to kids. You know that they're that they're you know actively. It's sick. It's really sick. It's demonic. And you know that's the but but parent. 
parent uninvolvement has gotten us to that point. I mean, not that they actually want parents involved. We saw that with school board meetings. But, you know, I mean, it's our it's our own apathy and our own inaction that's led us to this point. So it feels, I think, to the other side as though we're super radical because we're just now getting involved. But it's not going to stop. We're just getting started. Oh, just getting started. Hey, Candace, how's your husband handling all this? How's your family handling? How, did you, how are your three beautiful kids? How are they handling all this? We, uh, they were festing today, my children. They're on spring break, and we're going on a bus tour, and they're like, Mama, we want to go to the beach, and we just went to the beach for two days, and they're wanting to go back. And so they're going to go with some other family to the beach while we're going on the bus tour. I'm not going to make them go. So some weeks are like that, and then other times they're ready to go, and they're excited, and they love meeting people, and they're happy. So it just depends. Um, my husband, Ryan, he's the one that told me to run. He is so supportive he's the one when I want to quit that's like no God has called you to this and you're going to do this and we're going to go together and we're going to help do the will of the people and take this back from these criminals you know it's corruption and we're not scared to hold every single one of them accountable I'm not scared to arrest somebody who was a former anything I don't care and so we're going to put the people of Georgia first and we're going to fix 2020 that's going to happen because we're living in the twilight zone right now in insanity of a fraudulent president that didn't win and not one state is decertified. It's just going to take one. When one happens, the rest will happen. They're just chicken. It's getting so close. Let's quit being scared. But it's who's standing close. in the way? It's, 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 it's Republicans that are standing in the way. Rhinos. Yeah. The, the, they're not. And that's the point is that we're not dealing with. Whew. Ooh, Joe, bring it down here. Okay. okay. All right. We're not dealing with. Patriot, United States of America loving people that love, they love power and money. There's no difference. The, the wings of the same bird with the radical left. Stacey Abrams and Kemp should probably just go hang out together. They should run the same ticket. Yeah, I mean, I talk elitist. a lot about the elitist, but the authoritarianism, right? We have authoritarianism on both sides of the aisle. That is the true the, the, that's the premise of the that's it's the foundation of the uniparty is I can tell you what to do with your life. America was founded as a very different idea, right? And we've allowed it over you know pretty much a hundred years. We've allowed just the systematic dismantling of our freedoms, and we've stopped teaching why America is exceptional, and we've stopped you know raising kids that that understand and appreciate and and value freedom. That's on us. That's that that that's on that's on us, and and you know what, fixing it is on us as well. So I'm with you. I don't care what they say. I don't care if you call me racist. I'm the most far, the furthest thing from a racist. I don't care if you say that I don't understand you. I do everything that I can to understand you, and I love you. I'm, uh, you say Jesus guns and babies. I love all of those things, right? I think that's the best campaign slogan ever. But I, Jesus is first. Right. And that means that I love everybody and I'll try to understand you and I'll try to, you know, to to find common ground with you, but come no further. The government has come far enough into our lives and it needs to back the hell up. That's right. You know, my friend Jennifer, she says that it's the same bird. It's different wings, Democrat, and Republican. And I said, you know, I agree. And it's a buzzard. <laughs> and it's That's got a big wing. That's a big wing. That's a really big wing. Yeah. So we got to clip those wings. Um, let, let me ask you, and and this is going to be kind of a loaded question. What, what do you do if you have a runoff? I mean, it's it's going to that. You have three, you have, you have, we're going to have a runoff. And so then it's going to be, it's going to be me and Kent. That's what's going to happen. And then, you know, president Trump will endorse, maybe president Trump will pull his endorsement endorse now, right? 
President Trump, if you're watching this, I love you and I'm loyal and I'm a fighter. I'm not weak and I show up for debates. So, you know, maybe he'll pull his endorsement. Maybe he'll do that and endorse me now. But regardless, on May 24th, when it's me and Kemp, he'll endorse me then. But I don't need anybody but Jesus. He's going to make a way where there's no way in the people of Georgia. They're the ones that is going to make this happen. And so then we'll have a runoff from May 24th to June 21st. And then that'll be the end and we'll we'll win. We're gonna it's gonna be really hard for them to pull any kind of algorithm in that month's time. They're scared of that. They don't know how they're gonna pull the cheat. I've already heard, you know, it's almost impossible with the system they're using. I've talked to the experts that have you know, you know the machines, they know the algorithm, they know all that. And they say it's gonna be hard for them to, to manufacture and create something that's gonna rig the election for then. We'll see. All right, you know, so listen, I need you to know say something. a rigged election is a rigged election. Who knows? I we just have to do the best we can do and vote on election day and try to overwhelm the system. And, and you know, in 2016, Hillary didn't have a concession speech written. She just knew she had won and she won the polls and she won all the, ma the amount of money. She had the highest amount of money. If polls and money won election, she would have been president. But we showed up really big. And so what happened in 2020 was that we're not expecting us to show up like we did because that doesn't happen with a second term president. So when we did that, the cheat was so obvious. And that's why we called them. They've been doing this right. for two, three decades. Right. Whew. I, you know, I, I, the, the more I, the more, the more, the more I hear about what's happening in. Oh, you lose her? Oh. Oh, the, sorry. The, the the more I hear about what's happening in all over all over the country, right? Or it's all in Colorado. The more I just get, I get to that place where I go, we're gonna have to do everything we can up to a certain point. But if we don't get rid of these election machines, and Candace, are you gonna get rid of the election machines if you get into office? One hundred percent. The people want paper ballots, thumbprint recognition, photo ID, watermark ballots. It's a it's a basic accounting procedure. It's not rocket science. I was a school testing coordinator for most of my career, and it was basic math. You account for every piece of paper you have. If you have paper missing or if there's eraser marks where it looks like you cheated, they actually arrested you, right? <laughs> Ten years ago, we had people arrested in Georgia in public schools for eraser marks that looked like they were cheating public school testing. Now, is that more important than a federal election? But yet no one's been arrested in Georgia for that. Yes, we're going to do paper ballots. We're going to have it totally secure. It's not difficult. It's going to be done foolproof as soon as I'm elected governor. It's just this error of time of getting there and, and getting elected and making sure that that happened. They're going to lose all control. They're scared to death of me. I scare them. I can't be bought. I'm bought and paid for with the blood of Jesus. Good Amen. luck. They can't buy me. And so... I am the worst kind of threat to them. What do you mean you won't change seats and run for something else? What do you mean if we give you PAC money, you won't do that? What if we could get you an endorsement? Will you do that then? No, I won't. I'm not running for money. I don't care about money. I'm happy. I love my life. I have a wonderful life. I'm not looking for a new job. We need a new governor. Yeah, it's, uh, it's so great. And what I would say to the people of Georgia, I was born and raised Cobb County, Georgia, and Marietta. And what I would say is we know Kemp isn't going to fix the problems of Georgia because he's had plenty of time to do it, and he's decided not to. We know Purdue, who wouldn't even, you know, the whole fight for Trump. Remember the, remember the fight for Trump chant? 
Um, we know Purdue is is a fence sitter who's going to go whichever way the political wind blows. Candace Taylor is the only she's the only candidate that's out there standing with the people, and she was filing notices and and, and in the streets with the people before she was you know up on the up on the stage running for governor. So to me, there's no there's no question. Choice is clear. So I'd like to play this if I can, and then get your your uh, um, thoughts on your own video. But you have a three minute video on your website at CandaceTaylor.com. Uh, so if we can play this really quick, this is your announcement for governor. Uh, Mr. Producer, you got it ready? All right, let's go ahead and play it. Thank y'all for coming today. I thought that it was fitting to announce a run for this big seat where I was born and raised and where I've served for 18 years in public school education, my community here in Baxley. And so the past year, we have had the worst of the worst in our country and in our state. And it is going to be the catalyst for what we never want to happen again. We want our votes to count. We want to know when we go vote, we get who we want. And we want to go vote for people that represent us. And I want to represent, be represented by somebody who is like me and like you. And not somebody who's going to be bought off by special interests and lobbyists and China and Hollywood. I am proud to be Georgia grown. We have had, we are the eighth biggest, strongest economy in the United States of America. It is a shame that our state has been on national news and looked like we are the state that is hurting the Republic. We have had enough. I have been all over the state for 159 counties and I have heard from the people and the people won't change. They won't real, they won't relatable. I know what it's like to live on a budget. I know what it's like to raise a family. And I'm gonna run for this seat to represent you. You deserve to be represented. We are gonna have change in Georgia. Every seat, everyone, the people who we've elected that have failed us, they cannot stay. So I'm announcing early. For the past three months, I've had people calling and texting and messaging me and asking me, please run, please run, because I know I'm not going to be bought off. They know that I'm not going to sell out because I'm going to represent Jesus guns and babies and I'm going to represent our families and I'm going to help protect our economy. But we're going to put morality over money every single time. We're not going to sell out our morals and our Christian values for a dollar. We're not going to do it. So today it is my honor and privilege after much prayer, your prayers, my prayers, talking to my family, even my son who said, Mama, please don't. <laughs> I'm going to run. My name is Dr. Candace Taylor, and I'm going to run for 2022 for governor of our beautiful state of Georgia. <laughs> So thank y'all for coming. I need your help. I love you. <laughs> I love you, Samuel. <laughs>
Yeah, and I've lost like 40 pounds since then. It's crazy. So I got COVID and lost 15 pounds, and it just kind of, I was so busy, I just kept losing weight. I'm like, thank the Lord, I feel better. But I'm looking at that video, and you know, as a woman, we're critical of ourselves, and we're like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I have, I look so fatter there, you know? <laughs> Well, you know what I what I see is it looks like such a you know just such a, like you said it's authentic it's just a small intimate gathering. I know a lot of the people on your campaign team from the work that I do. This woman has grass she's got grassroots ground game in all 150 159 counties. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean it's it ain't small anymore. No, we have over two thousand volunteers. I think we had like fifty people there that day on the first day. But we have over 2,000 volunteers. We're, we're knocking, knocking on doors. We have, you know, coordinators in 14 districts. And then we have county leads in every county in 159 counties. And then we have under them volunteers. And we have a structure in place. We do a Sunday night Zoom call. We do a Monday call with door knocking. We do a new call for the new volunteers so we can kind of acclimate them to our structure and how we set things up. We do weekly emails, bi-weekly emails. And, and then we, we do... We just, we, we communicate, you know, we have to communicate with each other and it's our campaign. This is not my campaign. This is not my seat. This seat belongs to the people of Georgia. It doesn't belong to Brian Kemp. It's the people's seat. And so, you know, we take that approach. That is what, um, that's how I'm going to lead. That's how. I'm oh, lost, oh, your lost your sound. Lost your sound. Gotcha. We get you back. Mr. Producer, what's happening? We don't have sound for Candace. Ah. Oh. It's not on my end. You, you've yeah. totally. All right. Close it and come back. We're waiting for you. Close out and come back right back in if you would. All right. So. Why is the Republican Party going after these strong female candidates that have a chance to change, change the landscape of things? Why? What do you think? I, I think that Candace is a electable. She's authentic. She stands for the three things that, again, we all stand for. Jesus, babies, and guns. And not guns because we just were gun frenzied. No, no, not at oh, all. Oh, I'm a gun. I'm a firearm enthusiast. I'm, I'm in a gun frenzy. Well... I, I, I tell you, we own a gun store, gun stores, three gun stores and ranges. Um, I should put that up at some point, but Candace, you back? I'm back. Yeah. All right. Sorry. You were on a roll, so go back to the roll. Oh, gosh, I don't even know what I was saying. Um, I don't know what I was saying. What was I talking about? <laughs> I don't remember. I don't know. We're talking about that video, but, you know, oh, I was talking about my, my grassroots campaign. So, we have the structure in place. I think that communication is what is so key in my campaign. And it's knowing that it's our campaign together. It's not my campaign. And that's how I'm going to lead. I'm going to lead in a way that's a servant. You know, they keep saying, we have good leaders, we have good leaders. Well, in the Constitution, it doesn't say leaders. It says public servant and trustee. And so I'm going to be a public servant. And I believe, you know, Jesus washed his disciples' feet. He led by serving. And we need to serve the people and we need to do it well. And we swear to God to uphold the will of the people. And the people want an audit, you do an audit. 
You know, it's not rocket science. It's just being a public servant and a trustee. So it's our campaign. The people know they're passionate. You don't see Purdue or Kemp supporters passionate. In fact, they're paying, Kemp is, he's paying people from other states to come in and door knock for him. And I have, you know, today I talked to someone, they had door knocked 70 doors. And I talked to someone else, they had door knocked 95 doors. And they're door knocking all day, every day. They're doing this because they believe in our message. And that we need to be represented by someone who won't bend their knee to tyranny. And it is, like you said, Ash, it's a dictatorship, authoritarian kind of monarchy mindset that is in place in our establishment politicians on both sides of the aisle. And we've got to get away from that. A constitutional republic is only as real as the people say it is. Because we're the ones running things. They're pretending like we're not. But in reality, we run this joint. <laughs> That's yeah. how it is. I'll tell you what, I would love to see you debate uh, Stacey Abrams. I, I, I think you'd blow Kemp out of the water and Purdue. I don't, I don't even think that would be a... Um, they don't want you there because you're going to win those debates ha- handily because you're with the people and they're still trying to straddle the fence and keep their power and keep their money and keep their sweetheart deals and... You know, Kemp and all his China contracts and and bring, you know, everything he's brought into the beautiful state of Georgia to try and globalize it. The people don't want that. People of Georgia don't want that. Um, And and, you know, they're making their voice heard. We had a forum last weekend, weekend before last, and David Perdue was there and I was there and, and the other lady that's running. And he just he says things that sound okay, but they're not really saying anything. And so that's what they do. They, they say things so you can't hold them to something. We're so sick of those games yeah. and the rhetoric. Everybody's sick of it. Tell me what you think, even if I don't believe you or, I mean, not believe you, if I don't agree with you, even if I don't agree with you, at least I know where you stand. And we can disagree. We can agree to disagree. But whenever you ride the fence, I don't believe anything you're saying. 100% agree. Yeah, I think that, you know, and again, I have to tell you, the the more the more that we have conversations, the more that we have debate, we start to realize that you cannot reason with evil. You cannot you cannot negotiate with evil. So they want us to negotiate. They want us to negotiate with atheists and and communists and people that that are sa- satanists. They want us to negotiate with those people. And here's the reality: if there's no if there's no moral compass that is governed by the guilt that you have for breaking morality or breaking ethical rules then what is your compass? What is your true north? And the truth is they don't have one. And so That's right. I don't think we negotiate one bit with Satanists and atheists. I don't because they have no moral, they have no moral compass. They have nothing that drives them towards anything of any value. I, well, Joe, I you're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. What I'm sitting here thinking as you're talking is whenever I do debate Stacey, I've had people say I would pay to see you debate her. It's going to be a stark difference between good and evil and right and wrong. And I'm not going to be in the middle playing the fence. And so if you get Kemper Purdue with Stacey, they're going to try to be in the middle because they're going to think, I have to pull some Democrat votes over. I have to ride the fence. No, just let your yes be yes and your no be no. And just tell the truth and just be honest. And that authenticity and that honesty is going to pull people over that have the right moral code. How much is our soul worth? How much are our children worth? How much is it worth to you? Because it's worth everything to me. I'm ready to die for it. It's worth everything to me. 
Well, I got to tell you, I'm, you have my endorsement. So I'm going to tell you right now here that I endorse you, Candace Taylor. And for all the people that are listening, if you're in Georgia, you need to vote for Candace Taylor in the primaries. I need to get out and vote. Get out and vote. We have lots of listeners in Georgia. And, uh, you know, we have lots of comments of people saying that they're definitely going to vote for you. I, I have to tell you, um, I, I just I, I feel grateful that you actually took for, you know, for prayerful consideration that you stepped in the gap and you you represented the people of your great state. So thank you. I'll give you the final word. We are out of time. Well, thank you. I'm always humble when someone endorses me. It makes me want to cry. I try not to. I cry when Mike Lindell endorsed me on this show. Like, just started crying. Embarrassing. Mm -hmm. So I try not to, but I'm humbled because you don't have to choose me. The people of Georgia doesn't have to choose me. I'm nobody special except that I belong to Jesus. I'm nothing. But I know who I am in Him. And because I know who I am in Him, I'm strong as a rock. And I won't move. And I'm very stubborn. My husband said that the reason why he thinks it's going to take a woman, because I'm not this woman empowerment person. I keep being asked about that. Like, well, Candace, how does it feel to be the first female governor of Georgia? It doesn't feel good. Like, I wish there was an alpha male to stand up and do it. But they all get in the good old boy system and they're a bunch of betas. But I don't, I'm not this yes. like woman empowerment yes. person. But what I want is... I want to go in like Esther did, and I want to dig my heels in, and I want to honor the Lord. And my husband said, Candy, you're so stubborn and hard-headed that you won't do a backroom deal, and you won't be moved, and they won't manipulate you, and you'll be able to clean house, and then an alpha can stand up and run and do a great job. Hey, women have saved this country. It got to the point with they put duct tape. They've been they've been standing in the gap and fighting while men have been going to work and coming home saying, I'm too tired. You know, you go do it. So... You know, you, you're right about men. men. Men have been absent over the last couple of decades, and that is why we have lost the true north in our society. But women have been the, the great hope. They have been the ones to hold together um, our great country. So I, I, I agree with your husband, but I also think that this is a great call to get men involved. And I hope that there's a large majority of men that are walking in your campaign and standing next to you as well. A lot of men, honestly, a lot of alpha men, and I love them. I'm like, thank the Lord. And they, they hold me accountable now. They sharpen me up, and they say, all right, Candace, don't do this, do that. Because, you know, it takes us both. That's why God created man and woman. He created us both. We complement each other well. That's right, 100%. Yeah, God's doing a very big thing, and uh, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of yours, Dr. Taylor, and thank you so much for coming on. God bless you, everyone. Candace Taylor, governor uh, uh, candidate for the Republican Party, and she's going to win. Thank you, Candace. God bless you. I love y'all. Thank you. It was a lot. Yeah, it was a Big lot. Show. It was a lot, lot to go over. You know, the, the more... So answer my question. Why yeah. are they doing it? Why are they doing what? Why are the Republican? Why is the Republican establishment? They've got these strong can candidates. Danielle and, and Dr. Candace Taylor are both populists. They can win. Yeah. Um, they'll shake things up. Those debates would be fiery. It'd be great. Uh, why, why are they fighting it so you hard? You just said it. That's why they're fighting it so hard. That's why. Yeah. They're fighting it so hard because if they didn't fight it so hard, if they didn't stand up and, and they didn't actually stand against these people, they would lose control of power. See, the left and the right, they just divide power. They divide the street up. Who gets what lanes of the street, of the road? And the people become the useful idiots. I remember being in Washington for a pro-life organization. I remember. And, and I have a friend. His name is Neil, who's, you know, worked with uh, an a investigative organization 
that said the same thing, that we were an inconvenience, that they literally didn't even want to talk to you. They're like, yeah, 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 we'll, we'll do what we want. Just give us your money. They were, they were a conduit for money to be spent. They could literally just fund their little slush funds. They, they could just say, hey, look, I'm giving money in pro-life. Yeah, we stand up for pro-life. Oh, 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 yeah, abortion. Yeah, just, just pass it. That's what they did in Colorado. Yeah. And every single time, and we, we had this in Colorado, by the way. I could show you pictures, late term, babies that are literally eight, nine months old, that they are slicing and dicing that are born, that they're killing inside the womb. They're, they're killing them. Mm -hmm. Cutting them up. They're alive. They're children. They're undeniably human. Human. Yeah. And they're slicing them up. Yeah. And there are 24 reps, and some did, that were going to filibuster. And they said, well, we went 24 hours. And I thought to myself, you went 24 hours. Yeah, we just couldn't get anybody to stand. You know, we have like eight of us. I said, what happened to everyone else? He goes, they thought it was stupid. They're going to pass it anyway. That just shows you the type of leadership we have in the Republican Party. See, I'm a stubborn mule. I'll talk straight for 190 <laughs> hours. I can talk a lot. If I, I was, if I was in crazy. elected office and they were going to try and pass an abortion bill, I would speak on that. I would speak until my legs gave out. I would force others to do the same thing. I would do that. I'm doing it now. Mm -hmm. I'm standing up, and, and they're, they're literally saying, we're going to come after you. You're, 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 we're, we're just going to, you know, we demand you're going to do this. Some idiot on, my, on the Facebook deal said that. You know, we demand that you renounce and walk away from this militia group. We don't have a militia group. Also? But, but they make everything up. No. Yeah. But that's the whole thing. <laughs> Why would I? You haven't. Th this is the problem, is that we don't have any, we don't have stamina. We don't know how to stand up collectively. We don't know how to stop people from taking away our fundamental rights. We don't know how to stop evil because it's inconvenient. Even on Saturday in Colorado, she said, well, if we, if we use paper ballots, if we use paper ballots, we'll never, this will go on for another day. That was my, so my favorite thing. This, so they did say that. They said, we'll yeah. be here until midnight and, and maybe we won't know the results for a few days. Um, on that radio show, they yeah. talked about, it was, it was, hilarious and horrifying all at the same time they talked about well i mean they're they they wanted us they wanted us to count paper ballots like by hand so you do it by county the number the the largest county is el paso county there's a little bit over 800 delegates so eight, counting 800 ballots was was too inconvenient too uncomfortable but i asked i asked a rhetorical question because i don't um, I think I think they're doing it because they're being exposed. I think they're doing it because the people are catching on to their schemes. And like I've said repeatedly, this is the, this is a uniparty. Uh, Mr. Producer, can you put up the the poll that I sent to you? Because you're gonna, you guys are gonna see here. This is this is exactly the reason that they're doing this. This came out today. We got the poll, Mr. Producer. So okay. Well, so we'll, we'll have a poll here in a second. Yeah, so so we'll Rasmussen put, put out a poll today, and it's specific to uh, unaffiliated voters. And it, it talks about Republican and Democrat voters as well. But 
honestly, the part, the people that are party that are the percentage of the people that are affiliated with one of the two major parties is shrinking. Um, that both parties are hemorrhaging voters. And in, in Colorado, like Danielle said, and I've heard this repeatedly over the past few days, people are are ready to leave the Republican Party because they see it for what it is. That's what happened to me in 2011. I was Tea Party. I watched them destroy the Tea Party. And I said, enough, I'm not going to participate in this anymore. Okay, can you scroll down, please, to under... Oh, I'm not going to be able to read that. Can you read that? I can read it. It's Which uh, one? The, the unaf- I actually sent you a screen grab. Okay, so l- email, let's, let's go through this. Let me just go, go up a little bit, if we would, please, Mr. Producer. Up, up. Okay, so there. Okay, there you go. The survey of 1,000 likely voters was conducted in April 6, 7, 2022 by Rasmussen Report. The margin of sampling error is th- plus or minus three percentage points with 95% level of confidence, which, by the way, I don't believe that either. Um, only 19% of voters rate Congress as doing an excellent or, or good job, while the 53% give Congress a poor rating. These findings only slightly changed from February. 33% of Democrats, 13% of Republicans, and 10% of unaffiliated voters give Congress an excellent or good rating. 68% of Republicans, 32% of Democrats, and 60% of unaffiliated voters uh, rate Congress as doing a poor job. While 42% of Democrats believe their representative in Congress is the best possible person for the job, only 28% of Republicans and 19% of unaffiliated voters share that view. Go down, Mr. Producer, if you would. Down. Okay, there we go. So this part's getting into, uh, it, we're, we're getting into whether or not congressional representatives deserve to be reelected. And so 38% of, four, of Republicans and 48% of Democrats, both of those are under 50%, right? Have, say that they're, uh, they're low, sh- and this, is, this, this poll is your local congressional representative, right? So for me, it's Ken Buck. Obvious answer. Ken Buck is absolute. Yeah, yep. he's a right. Obvious answer. Should he's not be reelected. But it, only thirty percent of unaffiliated voters, right? So why is it that they're like cr- they're they're they they have this stranglehold on their power? I think it's because they're being exposed. They're not who they say they are. No, right. Not. They don't they don't care about the Constitution. They don't care about the First Amendment. We had Christy Burton Brown revoke press credentials, deny press credentials because she didn't like the slant of the paper. I get it. I don't like the slant of that paper either. But you can't deny press credentials into a civic proceeding. This is that how candidates thing, get on it? the ballot. That wasn't a real thing. 100 percent a real thing. Yeah. So I wouldn't do that. I mean, if we have a meeting, we, we can kick them out. But for the Republican Party, you, you want them to be it's there. It's a civic proceeding. Whether or not they're Republican or not is irrelevant. This is how the candidates are going to be on the ballot. It's a, it's a pretty big deal. And if, you know, Jenna Griswold was having an event and dis, they, 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 you know, said, oh, no, sorry, Conservative Daily can't come, which she probably would do, let's be honest. Um, you know, we'd, I'd have the same level of outrage because it's the First Amendment. This is the, this is, this is the Constitution. That we're talking about and our freedom of speech when it's we've seen it right you see the 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 soft speech codes and the political correctness and you know what's come to the point now we're all walking on eggshells everybody hates each other everybody thinks everybody else is evil right if you have an ideological difference you're evil that's because of infringement upon speech it's because we can't say what we really mean and there's a whole lot of people filling that vacuum i agree with you well, I tell you what, we, we are going to get to the bottom of it. And frankly, that was a great segment with Candace Taylor and with Danielle. You know, I think that you have some good candidates in Colorado, right? And so if you're listening to this 
I don't know how it's going to flush out with uh, Danielle Neuschwanger, um, but you know, Greg Lopez has been running for you know Ever. For, for a couple of years, and he stayed ahead of it. I mean, he's been doing mm -hmm. it for a couple of years, and then uh, Heidi Gadal, also someone that is literally thrown her hand in the hat. Mm -hmm. She was a successful businesswoman, um, has a very solid following. I have to stay out of the who I'm going to endorse um, for two reasons. <coughs> one of which is. Um, I don't want to, I, I want, I want somebody, I want to find out who gets through the primary and that's the person that I'll throw my, my stuff behind. But I don't endorse candidates. I want us to have free and fair elections. That's all I care about. I'll uh, call out anybody standing in the way of free and fair elections. I don't care what your party is. So I will literally walk those people into Democrat controlled environments and I will talk to them about what those Democrats need and tell them that, listen, you've been left behind just like the Republicans, no matter where you go in this state, in the state of Colorado, people have been left behind by radical leftist ideologies and the things that uh, Jared Polis represents in Colorado. And, and frankly, this is happening across the country. We, we, this, is not an, this is not an anomaly. It's not like Colorado is the only place where elections get stolen and people get treated um, with impunity by a, a crooked judiciary and, and a legislative group and that is trash. It's, yeah. it's not the only state. But what we're seeing here is that if, if we can get into those areas and talk to Democrats and the unaffiliated and say, listen, you don't have, at this point, you have nothing to lose. I, I want to go back to what President Trump said back in 2016. What do you have to lose? Because right now you're losing everything. Yeah, and, you know, in here in Colorado, there's been a battle to close the primaries. And, you know, I'm not going to say where I stand as an unaffiliated voter. I'm not going to say where I stand on closing the primaries. But um, the, the, the thing that strikes me about it is that the Republican Party has 23% of the vote here in Colorado, Democrats have 30 something. The unaffiliated vote is over 44% and it's not, so Holly and I were talking about this earlier today. I think, it's a, I think it's a strategic error to think that that's a monolith, to think that they vote more like leftists, to think, I, I, they don't. I, I personally believe the unaffiliated vote is the people who are done with the two parties. They're done with this ridiculous power structure and that number is growing. Which by the way, after meeting with those 130 that I, I do regret a little bit not saying I take the nomination because I do think I would have run away with it. I do. Yeah. And I think that, frankly, as a governor, I would say, yeah, you're all fired. Here's my executive order that says you're all fired. You're all fired. I'd shut down 40, 50 percent of the government. Yeah. I'd shut it down. Just like go get a job somewhere else. Go, go to another state and screw it up. Yeah. But I always said here. if I ever ran for office, it, my entire platform would be on getting the government out of your lives. And that's it. And I'd be one. I'd be one term. And I'm really glad I said this on the show yesterday when I called in and spoke to you. I'm really glad that you said no, because there's so few people that are willing to 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 stand up and say things. Right. Well, I say things <laughs> to anyway. Say, to say, say the things, things anyway. the, for, the forbidden storylines that we're not allowed to talk about election fraud and and COVID yeah. and, and, you know, all of these things. And it's important. It's really important. You know, I know we like I said, you said no to governor. I've been hearing about it since. <laughs> without ceasing yeah. um, because of it, because people are hungry for change and they're hungry for people that are, that, that, you know, they just want to just want to believe in freedom again because um, it's been so long since we've had it. So, um, yeah. So you, I just, we're out of time obviously, but I want to, I want to say this. Um, you know, I spend most of my time, I've spent most of my time over the last decade with Democrats I've spent most of my time as the Christian conservative that um, is the voice of reason. Mm -hmm. 
Now, most of these people, I was with this, I was on the board of this organization called Village Exchange Center. And um, someone was talking to him who was a Democrat said, you know, that came on the board, wanted to see the old board minutes and saw my name on it. And this person attacked me for them for being, for having me on the board. And the person that runs this organization said, what are you talking about? That guy was the hardest working board member and the most active guy. He worked more inside this organization with, with, uh, um, refugees and and making sure that he fed the poor than any of my board members and all of my people combined and when they broke in he was the one that showed up here he hired security to watch the place when they busted through the window he's the one that stepped he did all that right so that was me in all of this none of the people that i've ever worked with that are democrats none of them they, they all heard about this whole thing about running for governor and the phone calls that i got were i'd i'd joe I'd vote for you, Joe. <laughs> they Don't tell anyone I, I said that. So, so I say that not because I want to run for office, but because even the Democrats that say that they are virtue signaling recognize what's happening in our nation mm -hmm. and rep happening in our community. They just are not willing to say the quiet part out loud. They're willing to shamefully do this. They're well, gonna and do it's, it. it's intellectually dishonest as well because the same people that hate you, mm -hmm. right? That 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 they they lose their ever loving mind. I know it's when scary, it's it? it's awesome. I love it too. Um, they're th th why do they hate you? Well, they hate you because you won't reveal your sources, right? They hate you because of a First Amendment protection. Joe could make it all go to bed if he'd release. He, if he'd just reveal who was on and the. He'd be dead. Yeah, and he'd be dead. He'd be dead. He'd be dead in yeah. a in, in in a blink, right? I mean, we have we have nine news. Can, can shoot someone in the face in broad daylight and get away with it, yeah. that guy would be dead. So Joe protects his sources and the same people that, you know, cry about first a protection. Of, well, not, not for you. Well, <laughs> that just, doesn't apply to you. Just, just, show me, just, just show me what Democrats have done that has been honoring. Just show me what they've done that has actually helped the community. Show me what they've done. Show it to me. Show me the work. Show me what Eric Coomer has done that does not match up with everything that he says. Oh, he's back at work. Did you hear? He's no. back. At, he was manning the door at the Fritz... The other night, he's, he's back at work and apparently has a thin blue line sticker on his truck now. Oh, my gosh. Which well, is, no, makes sense because the, uh, the cops let him go, right, after he drove his car into a building. So. This, by the way, is the problem. This is the problem with what we represent right now. All right. We're out of time. All right. I got, hey, thanks for coming. You're here tomorrow, too. I am. Aren't you? Mm, Thursday. Oh, Thursday. I'll see if I can come in tomorrow. Do we have an announcement to make about Frank's speech? Do we have that? Announcement? No? no? Not yet. Okay. Soon. Can't make that yet. Soon. I assume soon, right, Mr. Producer? Yeah, I got to talk to you about it first. All right. I think we're going to have to change one of our times is what I was told. Yeah, I need to talk to you to figure out the details. Because right. I'm, I'm, they, they weren't sure, I think, someone's speaking past each other. So I just want to confirm before we announce anything. All right. Well, th there's two things that I want to definitely talk about, one of which is is that the way you can actually support us is you can become a member of Conservative Daily. If everyone became a member that watches us, which is some three million people, plus you have the, what is it? I don't know, we got a bunch of, if everyone did that, we would literally be able to stop election fraud and we'd be able to just build out a new studio and we'd bring you in and have a hangout with you. We should do it where people that are listeners actually come in and get the co-host. I like it. Wouldn't that be fun? I think it'd be fun. We've I had that like happen before. We had somebody come in from, we had Rob come in from, uh, from uh, Florida. He came in and co-hosted with us, which was pretty awesome. I have so many ideas. 
So many ideas. I have so many ideas. But become a member. Go to conservative-daily.com and become a member and support us. We would love, 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 love um, to have you as a part of the Conservative Daily team and family. So the other part is is that, um, you can find us on True Social. You can find You can find Joe, Ash, not me. You can find Ash at Ash in America. Oh, not yet? You're not I'm on yet? I'm still not on. you got to be kidding me. No. i got to make some phone calls. Yeah, but I was like 140th, so maybe I wouldn't. Well, I was over, my wait list number was over 1 million. Was so, it? Yeah, it was like a million 11 something. Um, but you are on Telegram at yeah. Ash in America. So you can find her in Ash in America. Yeah. And AshinAmerica.com, she actually writes amazing stories um, that are all true. And see, that's the thing we do here is we do a lot of truth. Um, but the other part is, is we have this thing called FEC United. Now, let, me, let me explain to you why it's, it's important for you to be in FEC United. And, and Mr. Producer, um, I want to kind of, if I can, show this to you. we got a whole thing. Well, we'll do it later. But we have a whole Chamber of Commerce thing that we're almost built out that will allow for businesses to stand together as well. We have a logo. we got cards, membership cards, everything else. So go to FECUnited.com and become a member. Uh, and then we will be, you know, we're, we're growing that across the country. Density. I could talk about density. We got to talk about density. Density is the thing that is going to make us have more collective power. There's power in numbers. And so we want to be able to affect and, and put back the mores of society to where they belong, where it's a true north based on the ethical and moral obligation we have as a community. So we talk about taking back our country and we we say it. I, I hope everybody truly understands the, the most effective governance is the most local governance. And that's mm -hmm. one of the things I like about FEC United is that it's it's in the it's in the community. There's a lot of things that um, that you know you, maybe you're not a maybe you're not a, a, a politi you know politi super politically active and engaged. You know you can you can you can learn there. Maybe you're um, you know just just getting ready to put your kids into into schools. You know the education area of FEC. This is this is taking back our local communities one community at a time and really engaging in self-governance together. And you, you start your own chapter and the charters are on the state level and you set your own meetings and you get people together and you ask for help and we create budgets for everyone at that level and you get people in the community to stand up and you start doing business with, with people that are around you. I mean, like buying your cars, your houses, your, your mortgages, everything, your jewelry, your restaurants, starve out the radicals. I don't mm -hmm. care how good their food is. I don't care. I can find a place that has great food that I'm not supporting some radical leftists. Let them support each other. Let us support each other. And let's see who wins. Because yeah. at the end of the day, that is really what matters. Do not play ball with the devil. Don't. Don't find common ground with communists. Can't do it. All right. Well, that's it for this episode of Conservative Daily. I do want to do one thing because I said that we would pray every single day. So we're going to end this with a prayer. You want to pray? I'll pray. You. All right. Ash is doing the prayer today. Father God, we lift you up. We thank you. We just come into your presence, Lord, and we thank you. We thank you for giving us these incredible powerhouse women guests today that we are able to talk about. Lord, we thank you that we're awake at this time, that we're able to see what's going on, that we're able to see the, the hand of, um, to see your hand all around us, Lord, and to, to see the to see the things that come that come across our path. Father God, we just pray that you will give us your wisdom and discernment. We pray that you will give us your eyes and allow us to see. We pray that you'll give us a spirit of kindness and that you'll give us the holy boldness, Lord, to do your work and your will in the world around us. We pray these things. We 
offer it up to you, Lord. We send it up to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, now we're out of time. Mm-hmm. A uh, t.me slash conservative daily, t.me at Joe Altman, and t.me slash Ash in America. You can reach us on, on uh, Telegram. And you can still find me on True Social. We've got to get Ash on there. Um, the, the other part is, oh, there we go, Ash in America. Look at that. Um, if you need to, if you want to listen to us live, you can listen to us at conservative-daily.com, Rumble, DLive, Twitch, Cloud Hub, and Frank's Speech. Um, hit the Rumble button on your way out, right? Don't don't just like hit that Rumble button. You don't don't leave me hanging on the Rumble button. And then if you want to listen to us on the audio version, you can go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, Audible, and now uh, I think it's Sony uh, Podcast or Sanyo Podcast. Is we're just on now. Mm-hmm. So we're everywhere, and by the way, we're syndicated on probably 200 other channels. It's really crazy. I didn't realize the syndication and the amount of people that we were reaching until I got a phone call today, and they said, Joe, you know you're everywhere, right? And I was like, no. They go, you should stop people from syndicating the Conservative Daily Podcast. And I was like, no, I think I'll actually like it that Mm -hmm. way. There's lots of people out there. But give us a five-star review. Share this episode with someone that needs to hear it. And, and make sure you pop in. And as you do pop in, uh, you know, if you need a reminder when we go live, you can text the word freedom to 89517. And uh, that's it for this episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. My name is Joe Oldman. And I'm Ashup. And I want to tell you that God is in control and he is at the wheel. But faith without works is dead. So you got to do your part. So pray, have a good night. And by the way, the next couple of days, I got my sisters in town. I'm going to try and get my sister to come on the, the podcast. Should be amazing. We'll see if she does. She might not, because she might get a little squirrely on me and say, mm-hmm. Joe, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Well, now that you just said you're everywhere, it might I'm make everywhere. her a little more nervous. Yeah, a little nervous. Yeah. All right. God bless you all.